Hello, I am Kathy Chester, and this is Move It or Lose It, a podcast about all things that move the mind, body, spirit, and soul. Hello, here's part two of our interview, MS Men's Group Modified by MS. If you need to go back and listen to part one, please do so. Part two, I'm picking up where I left off. We're going to go into what I do, movement with MS, and also a lot of other things. We're going to go back into some other topics. We're going to dive into some issues like intimacy and MS, which also brings us to different ages and different needs that we have. And just again, so honored to be able to be with these men and to keep their desires that they've asked me to be discreet. This will be just a listening podcast, so it will not be on YouTube. And I ask of you, if it is difficult to hear them, really try to listen because it is so worth every second of this podcast to listen to because the men had so many rich things to say. So enjoy. I've even seen like MS stuff, like bodybuilding. I'm like, um, okay. So yeah. And we'll go into about what, what it is that I do. Um, go ahead. And I know that we had other questions. So thank Um, you, Matthew. We've got Jeffrey, Jeffrey W. And thank you, Paul. Oh yeah. I was, I'm looking for, uh, like activities to do that helps me keep my balance and whatnot. Well, I'm just try- been trying to figure out a good, uh, a good uh, activity for my MS instead of just like what I like to do in my spare time, cycling. Right. And gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And, and we'll go over that um, for sure. Cause I want to get to that stuff. But before we do that, I want, I want to know um, what is pre COVID I would ask. And now how do you feel about the way things have changed, the way that you're accepted now after COVID, now that we're in 2021, coming to the end? Do you feel like there's been more understanding of what we have or less care because COVID took such a big, it, well, the whole world, COVID took so much that I know for my patients and my clients, a lot of them stopped going to appointments and things like that. How did that affect you guys? I think it overtook us because everybody was um, affected by the pandemic. So we were isolated to begin with and we were further isolated because of it. Right. I agree, Paul. I agree 100%. I mean, before we were like isolated because our MS, but afterwards, we were very isolated because we were afraid to go out because of our MS. I mean, if we got COVID with our MS, we're kind of screwed. I almost kind of look at it the opposite. What I mean by that is, is to me, when I ever go to my MS specialist, I always feel like I'm going to a final exam. You know, I, I, like I'm in college, I'm taking tests and things like that. So my anxiety just automatically increases and things like that, because I know I'm going to have to do a walk test. I know I'm going to have to do this. I know I'm probably going to have to do blood and all those types of things, as well as, you know what, I just, you know, be in a waiting room and, you know, and, and I'm seeing other patients that, you know, with all due respect, they might be worse, they might be better. And then I'm starting to self-judge and, and, you know, how am I looking compared to it's an NMS clinic and things like that. So in my particular, how I'm feeling is it almost kind of gave me a bit of relief. What I mean by that is the electronic, um, you know, now we're doing, um, they're not called Zoom calls, they're doing telehealth. And so I've already done two telehealth visits with my doctor and they're, they're efficient, they were quick, they were personable and and I didn't have to wait in a waiting room for 30 minutes right. before I didn't have to drive, drive 40, there, drive 45 back. minutes there to drive back to traffic and, and things like that. It's my appointment was at whatever time. And he, he came on the screen. Yeah. We talked for 20, 30 minutes and that was it. And it was also cool 
And because he wanted to talk to my wife and see my wife and, you know, have that conversation, he wanted it, he wanted it to be, um, you know, both of us in the same um, corner. So I personally liked it. Um, But I also know everyone has their own feelings. Um, So we'll we'll, kind of go around. I see Mike and I see Edwards. You got your hand up. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Yeah, well, um, I was convinced that if I got uh, COVID, I would die. And, and thankfully, uh, I know that there are people who got it, who are on this chat, who are alive. And, and I'm thankful for that. And, and there have been a couple of other guys who, who also did as well. And so that, you know, it helps my, my fear a little bit. But um, I'm also glad that I live in California where I feel a lot safer and, and I'm not traveling around to places where I would feel less safe. But um, uh, I, I have been on the phone with my neurologist and she's, she, she checks in with me every three months. I have another appointments, uh, next week. And I'm going to be asking some questions that I got from this group, like about testosterone and things like that. Things I never knew about or never thought about asking about. And, um, so, you know, I haven't seen her, uh, physically since, um, the November, just before everything shut down, but, um, uh, but she does check in with me and, uh, you know, I'm planning on getting my booster shot soon, and um, and 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 because of this group, I'm I'm less fearful uh, of being that um, high risk group that that they all talk about. That's awesome. Thank you, Edward. What you got? I'll take it in a slightly different direction, Matthew, but similar to what you were saying. Um, my employ my employer had already made concessions not necessarily for me to work remote because of my MS. I mean, that was, that was part of the decision. They needed the space and I was an ideal candidate to, um, to be that remote worker. You know, I was, some of the medications I was on, I was having some side effects, need to be close to a bathroom, that kind of thing. What right. was interesting is that the way my, my business and all the businesses for that matter, adapted to the pandemic because now they all work from home right. and they right. all, now I'm no longer different. I'm just, right. they're all like me instead. They yeah. came to my club. I didn't yeah. go to their club. I was working remote first. Um, at the same time, um, I liked going to the doctor. Um, in, I, I saw my neurologist in October or November last year. Um, that was Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. The okay. place is huge. You know, it's obviously yeah. a world-renowned hospital. I basically owned that place when I walked in because nobody wanted to be there. So right. it's the first time that I've gone to see my neurologist where my appointment was for 11 and they brought me in at 10.55. Wow, you know? wow. Yeah, we've done some telehealth like Matt said and the telehealth yeah. has made the doctors be more efficient, probably save a little bit better schedule. Yeah. But I was in and out of my neurologist appointment in a timely manner. Yeah. And so I like it in that sense. Now yeah. I'm going to go next Tuesday and I think we're going to be back to the old world. You know, yeah, gonna but be I do agree. I like having the option. Minutes. Yeah. You know, of being, being able to do now. that. Okay. All right. So the other question I want to ask you is, you know, re- we'll reframe, go into a different direction. So let's say that, and you guys have might, might have already done this game. Um, let's just say that somewhere to come up with you, up to you. Okay. Microphone. Actually, this happened to me. Um, off, totally off topic. We have these wild cats. Some, some reason this lady thinks it's great to own these African cats. They can jump 10 feet tall and they run, um, 50 miles an hour. So it's a great pet to have in a, you know, in your area. So I'm walking my puppy early in the morning trying to go on a slow walk and just breathe. And this channel Fox news reporter comes with his microphone at my face asking me about the cats. So what I want to say to you, if anything were like that were to happen to you and you were to be asked if you had the opportunity to say something, if a camera came, what would you want to say about MS that people don't understand? If you just had a minute and you had to think off the fly, what is the one thing that always gets you that you're like, I wish people just understood this part. And I mean that for men, for you guys. I think you don't get MS until you get MS. 
that's that seems to be the uh, the common thread, just like Jeffrey said, or Jeff said, excuse me, that um, you don't get it until you get it, and you, get you it. don't understand it until you get it. And right. I think, um, you know, I know my wife and I have had this conversation many different times on different situations, and you know, there might be a day where sometimes even our family and friends, um, even my own daughters, there's times where I get, there's so much noise in the house. You know, I've got the five grandkids that are coming over and which I love, but it, right. the decibels just get to a oh, whoa. Yeah. And, and then I, I mean, I kind of literally shut down. I mean, I just get really quiet. Um, I don't leave, yeah. even though I'm thinking to myself, oh, I just want to get out of this room. But well, I want to um, get out of here. <laughs> but I, yeah, but um, I do kind of shut down. And, you know, and my wife will say, you know, I know the kids don't get it and the things like that. Right. So even my own daughters who have been around, you know, their dad with MS since 2004 right. um, and, you know, the changes that have taken place over the last, you know, five years before, um, where they just don't understand, um, and things like that. That's just in that circle of my world, but I'm sure the other guys can kind of expound on that and echo those types of things as it relates to even in the workplace or even in, um, you know, people that they have relationships with. So, um, Jeffrey W, I see you have your hand up. Did you want to say something about that? Oh, no, I was talking about the, the, the thing before. Uh, I was diagnosed with MS during the pandemic. So I don't really have a uh, thing about it, but I know before I just went to the doctor and I just was always able to do whatever. But now I feel like I have to take care of all these, like, all these extra stuff like answer these questions that I'm not used to and it makes me feel concerned because some the questions are like do you have any symptoms that are like COVID related like yes I have joint pain I have muscle pain and it's like all the time but I'm just like well that's just my MS I don't know if that is COVID or not but they always ask me that and I always say like yes but I'm I think it's connected to my MS and I don't know how to I was explain it to like all the 15 right. doctors I go see every two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And Jeffrey, just being diagnosed in 2020, I would guess that that would be very confusing when being questioned when the COVID things can be so similar to our MS stuff and getting, getting, getting questioned about that. It's like, I was just diagnosed. I don't know. I have muscle spasms and I have a lot of these things. So I would, I would, I would assume that that would feel very frustrating as a newly diagnosed patient. Oh, for sure it is. I just don't, I'm just having to grow through it and understand it. Yeah. Paul, did you have something to add to that? Paul Martel? Okay, Paul is He's frozen. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm not sure this. Let's go over to James D for a second. Okay. So what I would say to somebody that would do that, I would clearly you know, say is uh, no two cases are the same when it comes to MS. And one of my biggest things that I always love to hear people they start telling you, well, did you try this? Did you try that? Did you have you decided to eat these foods you know i've read these things about you can cure by eating this diet and such like that and it's like sorry you know i care that you care but at the same point that makes me very much so uncomfortable with right. that conversation like just support me please don't yeah. give me the top 10 ideas that you heard from you know a magazine or a poll or something yeah, just, just be there, support, and have conversations with me about it, but don't, don't make me feel like I have to always sit there and say, well, that doesn't really work, and that's not the direction we're going, that's not right. that's in my treatment plan, let's, let's just avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Agree. You know, I think another so I'm, thing, yeah. I'm sorry, Kathy, go ahead. No, no, it's... I'm just no, going to move on unless you got something to add to it. 
No, I, I was just going to add is I think because the myriad of different symptoms that everyone has, both mm-hmm. men and women, with MS. Um, you know, for example, one of the guys may have something that I never have had. Um, right. Like, for example, I don't have, personally, I don't have any fatigue issues, so I'm pretty fortunate with that. Um, I don't have um, typical bladder challenges and things like that. Um, I never have. Um, even though I had a stem cell transplant, it doesn't necessarily mean I never ha- had any of those. I just didn't have those. So there's many of us who have had those uh, conversations, and we've talked about right. those. So it's interesting, um, very frustrating and aggravating, whereas it's not just a common thread of symptoms, whereas one person exactly. having all the same things and the other person having all the same things. It's just a mixed bag, which is very Absolutely. frustrating. It is. I have one patient that arms just doesn't do anything, and I've never had that. I remember, like you guys have talked about being newly diagnosed, always being asked, how's your urine? I always wanted to say, my urine's fine. How's yours? I didn't understand because I, I was only newly diagnosed and I thought, why do they always want to know about my pee? So it was, I was very young. It was something that just didn't make any sense to me until it did, until one day it did. So, um, no, I, I understand that completely. Um, my next thing that I want to go into with you guys is um, we talked about kind of what, what we want to say if someone came to us and, and asked us, and please feel free, email me. I'll give you my email. Um, in, when we're all going to think of things, we always do that, right? We get tired and then we think, oh, I wish I would have said this. Um, so if you can come up with things that you'd love to share in like even your own orb of people um, that you'd like to say to your family and stuff that, um, you know, I wish you would just understand this thing about what I'm dealing with and that it would come out in a way that they would just get it. And so um, I want you to kind of think about that a little bit as we move on. What I want to talk about is relationships with MS. We know that can be tricky, right? whether it's intimate relationships, whether it's relationships with coworkers, it can be tricky because we can be emotional, whether we're a man or a woman, the MS, the medications or how we feel, it can make us either really irritable and frustrated and frankly, just pissed off, or it can, or sometimes we're just so tired, we just don't wanna communicate. So I'm gonna ask how many men are willing to give me a hand up if you're married or in a relationship? It's a big, a big average, big, big, big amount, okay. majority. Yeah. So what, I went, what I'm gonna ask now is, I know what it's like for a female for with intimacy and the nervousness and the things that happen. I didn't know for many years because no one talked about it. And when I was diagnosed in the late nineties, nobody talked about crap. They didn't talk about sexual dysfunction. They didn't talk about that. Now, on the other end, they didn't talk about it with females. They did discuss it about men, but we had no idea that there was anything wrong with us in that area. So for, for men who are supposed to be the leader and feel like that, how has that, this group, has it given you a place that you can share and talk about the issues that men have? Because we don't talk about this, the inability to... Um, to carry through the wanting to, but not being able to. Um, I, I know I'm a female and I talked to my husband about this and my patients, and you don't have to say a word if you don't want to, but those of you who are willing to go in and discuss, this is where the knowledge is power. And this is how we change things. I think there's going to be, there's going to be lots of hands up here <laughs> because we have had many of conversations about that. So let's see how transparent everyone's going to be. So um, I, this is awesome that I already see Michael's hand up and then um, we've got Mike also down in California. So go ahead, Michael Zink. Um, I think, you know, a majority of it. So I haven't had issues. Well, I started having issues probably what, eight years ago um, with intimacy. And I think the fact that my wife understands and she's so supportive is what gets me through it. You know, yeah. she understands, you know, yep, I got to take that little blue pill, you know, and she understands that. And we got to kind of plan our date nights and whatnot. Right. Um, so I right. think also support is just huge when you, when you have, and I know not everybody has that. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's life, you know? Yeah. 
So Michael, can I ask a more even personal question? Why not? Because I feel like you'd be the one to answer. <laughs> um, so let's just say, um, let's say the blue pill isn't working that night. Let's say it just, something doesn't work. It just yep. gets jacked up and it, it just, something's not working with it. Um, how do you guys deal with the frustration of wanting to be that for your significant other, wanting to have that pleasure and then it just doesn't work? And so Mike, when that, I know you said it doesn't ever happen to you, but if it does and the blue pill doesn't work, then what, how frustrating is that? Oh, it's, it's happened before. Um, and some nights my wife's thrilled that it happened. Um, <laughs> but usually, you know, if it doesn't happen, we just sit there and we talk and, you know, she'll say, are you stressed out about something? Is something going on? Because for the most part, it works. But there's always that one or two times. And it's usually when something's going on in my head or I'm just stressed out about work or something like that. Sure. Um, so we basically just talk it through and turn over and go to bed. Yeah, no, I like that. One of my um, a therapist I had gave me some really good advice and he said, take off your clothes and just lay together naked and don't, don't with no expectations and just touch and not, and don't have all the expectations there. Yeah. All right, who's next? Um, California Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I giggle. I giggle because um, I, I this conversation. I just you're nervous where it's going to go. <laughs> no, no, not with Mike. I'm never nervous. I, I'm I'm always uh, maybe a little. <laughs> well, I'm I'm the one who actually brought uh, show and tell demonstrations. So um, uh, I, I oh, was that, okay. How uh, how you know certain cock rings worked and 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 other things and and uh, uh, other things that you could use. But um, uh, you know I. Uh, I identify as bisexual and I lost a relationship after 24 years and in part because of my sexual dysfunction and you know he ended up finding a 26 year old who uh, who could function easily and um, so I've been really really nervous about getting into the dating scene again I can't even imagine it in fact um, and uh, and interestingly enough I've had both uh, both guys and girls talk to me about it and and talk and and I've I've talked about my fear of being sexually dysfunctional. I don't my neurologist is a woman and I feel really comfortable talking to her about everything. She's prescribed me, you know, the little blue pills. They don't work for me um and they haven't mm -hmm. yet, but uh but you know, the cock rings work and and so that kind of thing, but it, I still feel uncomfortable about putting myself out there in a in a relationship um right. setting. Wait, can Mike, to go back, you said the blue pills, what were the other pills that you said? Well, it was, uh, the, what I was prescribed was the sildenafil, sildenafil, which is okay. generic of a Viagra, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, so, yeah, and I've tried and Viagra, sorry, you... but I haven't, uh, I get the, the, the um, what do you call it? The color blindness while I'm on it. It's okay. So, I mean, you know, I, I also have talked to, guys about you know just the snuggling and just you know being you know uh and there's one woman who wants to have a relationship with me but doesn't want to have it to be sexual and I kind of don't want to have that but it also is non-pressure but I'm not sure what kind yeah. of I said you know isn't that just like being friends so <laughs> but I guess it's not so um yeah I mean you know and other friends well, of mine are naked friends naked snuggly on. friends <laughs> yeah 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 and you know, go on, go on grinder, go on, you know, that kind of thing. And I, there's no way that you know, I would, I would, I want to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's, it's definitely an, an obstacle, and um, and and I feel lonely because of it. Uh, Gosh, yeah. You know, I think um, I can speak to this because we've had this conversation. This this conversation comes up quite a bit in our Zooms um, with men with MS. Um, and, you know, going back to what Michael was saying is, in my particular case, this has actually brought my wife and I even closer, not only emotionally, um, spiritually, but even physically. Um, yeah. Because they're, you know, not only have I got MS, but she's also going through her own challenges. You know, I say challenges, she's going through her life change and, you know, premenopause, menopause and things like that. Right. And so as much as she has been graceful and patient with me, I'm also being like 
cool. I'm glad you've got something going on so I don't have to keep up type of thing. Right. So I'm being right. very transparent. So sure. it's brought us very much closer to us as a couple um, emotionally and definitely physically. And, yeah. you know, whereas, you know, maybe eight years ago, we were like, hey, Friday night. I mean, even we were still right. doing our Friday night dates. And Friday night dates doesn't happen as often as much as, or often as possible. It used to be right, every sure. week. And now we're yeah. lucky if it happens, you know, once every three months type of thing. And yeah. I'm okay with it. And it'll, our dates now look a little different. Now it's, yeah. hey, we're going to have some apple pie and watch a Hallmark movie. Um, right. And the guys are going to laugh about that because it happens all the time. So, but that's okay. And because I no. love the sensitivity of yeah. a Hallmark movie. <laughs> well, and listen to gay... Yanni. They'll listen to Yanni too. Yeah. Oh, that's Mike. I. I am a shoot 'em up, bang bang movie. I'm. I'm. A, I've been a tomboy since I was born. I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's it's the Hallmark uh, Theater. Definitely every Friday night from about October 22nd till about January 1st. So, um, but anyway, I, I I guess my point is and. and is the fact is, you know, what my relationship looks now, what it looks like now, definitely looks different than what it did eight years sure. ago. And I'm okay. But with the that. communication that you yeah. guys have been able to do is really the key. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, we're not able to communicate with their significant other or they don't understand. Go. James, do you have your hand up on that question? Yeah, I might hand up for the other part of the question. Yeah. I thought I saw Michael Ward. Was your hand up? Oh, Michael, let's no. get you unmuted. No, I didn't, go. but thank you. I, <laughs> I didn't have my hand up, but uh, I can put my hand up and say I'm right there with you guys. So. so what are some things that you would express to your person that you're with that this is this is a struggle? I know what it's like for women. I know it's it's still very uncomfortable for me to talk about when I'm when I'm struggling because we do struggle as well, um, a different way than you guys do, but we do. And so, um, you know, we have an we have an option as a, as a woman, right? We can fake it and we can pretend like, oh, that was amazing. I had the best orgasm ever. Or we can say, you know what? I'm, I'm actually numb all around this area. And so I care enough about us and about what's happening to show you where I can feel things and where I can't. And those are not comfortable conversations by any means. So, but eventually they're things that we do need to get out. And for a female, it's, it's a different talk for a male. And that's what I want to get out because no one talks about this. No one talks about this. You guys do in your group, but men, it's not, it's not discussed the, um, the difficulty and the, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I want you to tell me what it feels like as a man when yeah, things well, aren't working. Me, I mean, I hate to talk about it when I meet somebody because I do not know if I can give it up or not. And me not being able to give it up makes me feel like a failure. And it is so hard that is one reason why I don't really date anymore. And it makes me feel like less of a man because from what I was to what I am is so different. Sure, I'm old, but it should not be fucking this way. I mean, I should still be able to you know, get it up and have sex, but have sex and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a very frustrating and very very um emotional, really, to know that that's something that's that's been taken away. Yeah, exactly, and it's just. Uh, I mean, you just don't know how it is. I mean. I feel such like a mess, a less of a man than I was because when I was younger, I loved sex. I mean, I can never have enough of it. And now it is. That's so opposite of what I hear men talk about. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. Well, I, I hate, I'm 59, okay? But 
I still want sex, but because of MS, you know, I mean, uh, I can't give it up. I hate to admit that, but I can't. And I mean, there's times I can, but uh, it just doesn't stay. I'm left speechless because I just like I want to, but I can't. So, what the fuck am I going to do? Excuse my language. So, but okay, you know, it's like, hey, uh, I know I'm getting old, but still, I should be able to. Yes, so. you should. Good point, yeah, Jeff. I should. Jeff, thank you for like that. for being so transparent. Yeah, um, thank you. James, you've got your hand up twice. What you got, bud? Okay, so I'm going to say it. So I'm not done at that point yet. I'm hopeful that I never get to that point. Um, myself, that I personally have uh, five kids, so I've definitely had my fair share in the terms. Um, but it is a point that when I get to that point, for me in that type of universe, it's not a matter of just the act of the, that. It's also bringing pleasure to my partner. I'm not going to just worry about myself 100%. Um, because in my opinion, you know, the, the, my last relationship, uh, there was plenty of points where my MS was acting up in other ways. My legs were cramping and spasming all over, you know, in the past, I never had that. Um, so it is a point that for me, I, it was just a matter of figuring out different ways, but I actually wanted to just, if we were going to, we were going to do whatever, and I was going to make sure that at the same point, um, my partner had the most enjoyment as well. Um, so it was a point that you know it's then at that point reciprocated back so that's that's my point that i would say to this group that you know yeah ultimately maybe not able to 100 percent always have that but you know it's also the inner first that's the emotional side and that's the connection part so yeah No, I like that because it was, um, no, it was, you know, it didn't happen. I mean, I've had it for, I've had MS for over 20 years. It wasn't in the beginning, but later on is when it, um, you know, like the urine thing, you don't know until you know. But um, so I think that there is, there is a, there is a essential part of being able to lay together unclothed, but um, it is frustrating when, when you can't. So but again, I want to know more from you guys what it's like. I know I only know from a, I am only a woman, so I only know from my perspective. Michael, you've got your hand up. Did you have something to say about that? Okay, there, there I got go. it. Okay, go. so I was gonna say, I mean, I am yes, I am fifty nine. I'm about ready to turn sixty here, and I have had MS for thirty two years, and being able to perform as you, as everybody says, is, is something that, something that uh, I really am grateful for. Unfortunately, my wife is older than I, so she's already, she's already gone in already past menopause and all that kind of stuff. So us, like you, like everybody was saying, it's nice just being able to be together, laying in bed and just whatever you know trying to trying to hold on to each other and everything and if something happens with all that hey okay but still it's nice just being able to be close i mean she like i said she's a, she's a few years older than me so we're fine and uh you know it's sex is nice but it's not absolutely necessary skin to skin Thank you, Michael. You know, um, Kathy, is, um, a few weeks ago, we actually had um, a, a very well MS specialist, and he, uh, we talked about testosterone because 
you know, there's been a lot of conversation that we've had as men, testosterone, um, getting it checked. Um, there's been a lot of discussions from other areas. Um, like if you're MS men, if your MS is progressing, you might want to check your testosterone because you could be right. having additional fatigue, additional anxiety Absolutely. and those types of things. And it was interesting because we had the conversation with the doctor a few weeks ago and he kind of brought it to me, at least it's how I felt it. He was like, you know what, that should not be the number one priority. If it's, you know, if we're not 18 anymore, you know, we're not 20 right. years old anymore. And right. if you're trying to get your, your testosterone up and getting it checked and things like that, I'm all about it. Um, but right. if it's really for your, your, your vitality of your sexuality and things like that, of your sex drive and, and things like that, um, maybe mm-hmm. that's not the main priority. So he kind of put it in perspective. I know he did for me. Um, you know, I, I can very, very honestly and say that I had my testosterone checked and it was low. And, um, you know, so and there's been other gentlemen on here as well who've done the same thing. And they have been very successful in doing some testosterone replacement and things like that. And it's been successful with them. But they were also looking at the fact because of helping with their stress, anxiety and fatigue and things like that. So, but my point is, I guess, like I said, is having the doctor on a few weeks ago, he said, you know what, that that really doesn't necessarily need to be the number one priority. Um, so he kind of put it more in perspective, if you will. Yeah, no, I like that. And I like that because it takes the pressure off of the, the actual, um, the actual act of having sex when it does, it doesn't have to be about that. It can be the intimacy. It can be the holding, it can be other things. And I think we get really wrapped up and sometimes just beating ourselves up about what we've lost or what we cannot do. And we can get into that place for a long time. And I think for men, and again, you, you guys let me know if I'm off, the ability to not perform, um, as you guys have discussed, outdoor things that you could do, the mowing the lawn, the things that would make you more tired quickly, um, work getting you more exhausted, coming home and the kids getting louder and louder and needing that space and that ability to have it quiet um, are you able to get that now that COVID is, is slowed down some? Are you able to tell those of you who have families, I need some downtime. I need to have some alone time. And I know that when I say that, there's some of you that are alone way too much and you just need some, some more activity in your life. Well, as far as downtime, my wife is like, she likes to have downtime away from me because uh, actually, I mean, unfortunately, I bring a lot of, I brought a lot of garbage in with me uh, because of my MS. I mean, we've been married for, we've been married for 15 years now. And she has to, unfortunately has to do uh, about 90% of what we have here in our house. Our home is run by her. It's all I can say is that she takes care of everything. And, you know, uh, so we go out, we go out for a drive occasionally and I, I do the drive, no big deal, but otherwise she takes care of everything. So I, you know, I just got to sit back and just, just relax, just relax and just let it go. I'm going to echo, I'm sorry. I was going to echo something what, what Michael said. And, um, and that's not necessarily in the sexual area, but what I'm talking about is as, my wife, we've been together for 33 years and, you know, more than half of it, I have been diagnosed with MS and um, probably about 20% of that of our marriage. Um, there's been more impact with my MS than, you know, whatever in the beginning. And, you know, but what we have really agreed on and not necessarily audibly is it really is a partnership. And I think that's really what there's many things that I still can do. And there's many things that, you know, I don't want to do, or I can't do. um, Or if I do do, um, you know, uh, Mr. Martell down there, who's, you know, Paul Bunyan down there and in chopping down trees. No, I couldn't do that. Um, You know, any more longer or any longer. Um, There was a time, but no, and I have zero desire. I don't even cut my own lawn anymore. I have a lawn service that comes and takes care of it, you know, every other week. And I'm okay with it because the last thing I want to do is go out there in mid-July and push a mower for 
45 minutes and you know that it's going to send me into a pseudo relapse and I'm not going to be able to function for two days because exactly. of heat etc cetera, etc cetera. and but my I also don't want my wife doing it so I'm like okay fine I'm just going to you know spend forty dollars a week to to get my lawn cut and that's okay but yeah. it goes back to what I was saying it's the partnership um, that I can very feel very comfortable with that I have with my wife and I'm very open of the things that I'm like, I can't necessarily do, or I can't do as quickly. Right. Um, but there's still things, um, as a prideful man that goes back to like, I was talking about the air filter. I just want to change the freaking air filter. I just want to <laughs> walk up the step ladder and change the air filter. Right. So, right. So, and, and those types of things. So, um, anyway, Absolutely. so that's, uh, um, anyway, that's what I was going to say, Jeffrey, you, no, oh, thank you. Well, it, my, I'm, I'm not saying my MS has brought me closer with my family. It's just helped me realize that I can't do like the stuff that I used to be able to do. Like now I have my, well, one of my older twin sister that lives closer to me or my dad take me to my doctor's appointment because I want them to be involved. And, <clears throat> and I, my sister, that same sister that takes me to the doctor's hospital just gave birth to my first niece uh, in March, no, February. And um, I, I want to be part of her life, but, you know, it's, it gets to the point where I can't really do much with her right now because I feel I just go up there and then she starts banging her little rattler. It just makes me, you know, uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to say it it just makes me uncomfortable. So then I have to leave, but I want to spend, spend dying with my eight month year old niece and it yeah. just doesn't work. And like, I've had like an estranged relationship with my mom for a long time. And now because of this, at least it brought us to where we can talk and not have like a, like a, like a argument or turn right. it into an argument. So I, I'm kind of happy that it happened, but like, you know, I, I didn't want this to happen. I didn't want this how it turned out to be like that. Of course. Of course. Thank you, Jeffrey. Any other questions, Matthew? Um, I don't think so at, th at this okay. time. Okay. Well, what I wanted to go on, and I don't know if you want to show what, um, what Adam sent, but he had given this, he wasn't able to make it tonight. So he's one of the guys that I train. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Holman. I'm here. I want to say a few kind words and everything for Kathy Chester, who's really instilled a level of confidence in me as I'm trying to get back some of my mobility and other things that I've lost over the years. I've only known Kathy for about nine months now. Um, I decided to be a part of her Uber Lucid and the disrupt fitness gym that she, she does organize. And this was really a challenge for me because for a while I always felt I didn't want to do this kind of activity because the trainer doesn't quite understand MS, what it's all about. Kathy knows exactly what I'm going through. And I, it's really interesting. It's been very instrumental how she has a plan for me. And I told her what I, I needed to do and how I said, you know, I have these three things I want to do. I said, I don't know a timetable when they're when I might accomplish them. But um, I've been really shooting for the stars and everything. We're doing so because I said, Captain, I want to go golf again. I would love to be able to run, run again. And I just want to go. I have to eat for you vacation with my family. And so those were my three goals. I told her I did not have any timetable. Um, and so being impatient as I am, I told her, well, I'm sitting up trying to swing golf up here and there. And then she kind of, she kind of put me at, put me to the side, you're not ready for that yet, but you don't see how much stronger you're actually doing. So I really enjoy uh, my workouts with Kathy. Um, but we have a game plan and we just go, each workout, we, we just go after it um, every time. And so I'm into the food or lose it and I really enjoy it with Kathy and I hope everyone enjoys this video. Good stuff. So I hope you guys were able to hear that. Um, that's something that Adam had wanted to share. And 
um, with talking with you guys is the big thing that is, is my heart is moving. Of course, that's what I do. And so I would be more than happy. I want to know how many, just, just a raise of the hand, how many of you are exercising, moving of some sort right now? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, good. That, that's a good amount. So, but I want to see everybody. So this is um, what I'll offer, Matthew. I would love to do a Zoom class with you guys. Um, it's very different. It's not what you go in the gym to see. It's nothing like that. It is seated. If you're in a bed, it's lying down. It is a probably, we'll probably do 20 minutes of some seated exercises to strengthen arms, back, some leg things. And um, if you guys are interested in that, I would be happy to do that with you so you get an idea of what it feels like and what, what it is. It's much different training than, than what you would be used to. And um, I've seen a lot of amazing things and it's very exciting to me. And it's why I moved here and left my gym and moved into an area that I can work on with my autoimmune clients. And without being crude, I really don't want to work on lifting 20 year olds butts up and their um, fake boobs and all this stuff. I'm just done with that. I want to the rest of my career to be helping people with, with their own disease and helping them live their best quality of life. Right. No, I like, I like that offer, Kathy, um, how that would look and, and things like that. Um, maybe we can, you know, kind of coordinate and communicate that yeah. um, a little bit offline and, and things like that. Definitely. And then, um, because I'm basically part of everybody would be sitting where they are. Okay. All right. So I, it's really I, simple. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm all about it. I think it'd be fantastic. Um, I know um, I do something on a daily basis with uh, a, a, actually he's turned into a good friend of mine um, and we do some virtual things about three, four times a week. Um, but um, I, you know, it's kind of like we said, information is knowledge, knowledge is power. The more, you know, the, yeah. the better. And um, so I think uh, some of the other guys would um, like this as well. Not to mention uh, right now we're kind of dwindled down to 13 um, or 12 people that are on here, but um, I'm sure I know that there's, probably another dozen or so that would definitely be interested in this easily. Yeah. And, and really it does keep it when you can do something, you know, there's the one-on-one, -on -one, which is great. And I love doing that. And then there's the zoom thing where if we do a zoom one and get them, get everybody kind of an idea of what that feels like to move a little bit. Um, it gives you an idea of, of what I do and how I work with my MS patients. And then you can choose to do some zoom classes. You guys can go from there, how you want to do that. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. But, but an opportunity to get everybody moving and, you know, just something to plug in through the winter and when it's cold and blah and um, that we can add in. So, um, but honestly, guys, I am going through all my notes that um, I, I just, I couldn't be happier and more thankful that you allowed me into your group today to be able to ask questions and to be able to, to get to know more about what it is to, feel like um, to feel life in 2021 as a man with MS, what is it like? What's the difference 10 years ago to now? And I appreciate so much the answers and how willing you guys have been to share with me. Um, Matthew, I, I know you'll end it before. I, is there anything else that you guys have? Any questions? Um, I do see a hand up, Jeff K. You've got your, you have your hand up. Do you have a question or comment? Uh, yes, I do. I mean, do you have any ideas of exercises that I do some, but I would like more ideas of exercises that will help with my MS. So. Yes. Anything you share, I would love it. So. If, if uh, Matthew wants to give me your information, or if you do, I'll be happy to reach out and we can go over that. We can okay. go over some okay. of the areas yeah, that, that you're- great because I have a few I do and I'm always looking for more that 
will help because I used to be able to do so much and now I can do so little and I want to get back to where I can do so much. So. Sure. And it's, it's tough when the trainer doesn't have what we have, right? And they want us to do this and we're like, uh, no, that doesn't do that anymore. So it is, um, I do, that's why I'm doing this because I do love being able to help all of our autoimmune disease and our MS clients that are desperately in need of movement. So like I said, I couldn't be more grateful to have the opportunity to, um, to chat with you guys and you guys have been so open and allowing me to, to jump in and really, really enjoyed it. And, um, and I want you to read that article. I want you to get the, I can get it to Matthew about exercise and about how important it is. And it is the number one thing to keep our body moving and to keep our, us healthy. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Kathy, if you, if you wouldn't mind, um, share that with me through the messenger or email, whatever you, you've got my opportunities or areas where you can send it to me and then I'll post it in the group that I admin. Um, most of the guys sure. are on here on as well. Um, and if anyone is interested in having uh, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Kathy, I know Jeff, you just expressed that and I can put you two in touch. Um, so you can kind of start communicating and things like that. So, um, yep. You know, the old saying motion is lotion. And so uh, that's, that's fantastic. Well, Kathy, I so much appreciate you being on tonight. I know this was kind of a, uh, a different type of zoom that we've had in the past. Uh, but I think it's also brought some uh, great conversation and some great transparency that uh, men with MS can share. And uh, hopefully yeah. we've got a bit of a voice that we can get it out there a little bit more. Thank you again. That ends part two of our men's group. And again, I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to do so. I invite you back to listen to our MS women's group and that will air on the 8th. So very excited. Look at the post. We'll continue to post some of the women that will be on there and just very much looking forward to the differences between the men and the women in 2021 and what it's like to have multiple sclerosis. So looking forward to doing some more work with Matthew Price and his group. What an awesome interview and time with you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Move It or Lose It podcast, where you can again find us wherever you like your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Join us on that. And we can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests and working together. And as always, you'll hear us say at the end of every podcast, we are stronger together. So let's do it. Let's become stronger together. Have a great day.